Women Taking the Lead, Episode 235. Okay, so the quote which I really like is the quote by Henry Ford, which says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And the reason why it has meaning for me is because I have been a strong believer in self-belief and the power of your mind to be able to make you do something. And I feel that just by convincing your mind that you can do something, you're able to achieve a lot. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. I want to say thank you to all of you who've read my book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing. And if you're ready to take those concepts to the next level, check out the Accomplished community at womentakingthelead.com forward slash community to team up with women just like you. Now, your future awaits. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Hira Ali, who is a leadership trainer, speaker, writer, ICF accredited coach, and licensed NLP practitioner. Over the past decade, she has trained and coached hundreds of professionals belonging to various professions, caters, and ethnicities. Hira's articles have been featured in the ICF, the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, as well as Elevate Network. A few of them have been shared by Ariana Huffington herself. She is regularly invited at various forums to talk on leadership and personal development topics. Her self-development podcast, Eight Minutes of Learning with Hira Ali, has been featured in the Huff Post. Hira is the founder of Ed Management Consulting, Advancing Your Potential, and Revitalize and Rise. Hira, I know that's a lot, but it you and I both talked about this. You had to shave down your bio so I wouldn't be talking for five minutes. You've done a lot of things in the world. So I'm going to let you take it from here and let us know a little bit more about you and your humble beginnings. Hi, Jody. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am really excited to be here in your podcast. And yes, I would love to tell you something about myself. I began almost 10 years ago. My professional career began almost 10 years ago. Um, Mind you, I was not always a very confident person. When I was back in school and university, I was a very shy girl. (laughs) And back then, I would never have imagined that I would be speaking in front of hundreds of people because Honestly, nothing dreaded me more than even speaking to about three or four people in the room. So I was a very, very shy person. Um, Ten years back, I started off as a human resources manager in a company. And that was when the rest of my friends were still pursuing the master's degree. And um, I started training at that time. And the first training that I delivered was, I remember I had trembling feet, uh, there was but there were butterflies in my stomach, and I was so nervous. Uh, but the moment I started speaking, I suddenly felt very good, and I was like, "Oh my God, this actually is nice, and people were listening to me." And I think that was the day when I decided that, "Oh, so training is like my passion, and this is something which I can work on." Um, and then I started working on trainings. I delivered lots and lots of trainings to the company. I started my own trainings and my own training programs. Um, after that, I moved to Dubai. I got married. My husband got transferred to Dubai. And at that time, I didn't really apply anywhere because I was in family way. I was expecting a baby. So I decided to 
you know, start doing freelance trainings. Initially, I was a little scared because it was an international audience. And so far, I'd only done local audience. And I think the first training which I got in Dubai was basically a group of participants from Nigeria who were advisors to the president and prime minister of, of the Nigerian. They were basically advisors to the Nigerian prime minister. So it was like a very high profile group. And, uh, and you know, they were twice my age. And my target was to basically keep them motivated because they had landed at 6.30 in the morning and the training started at 9 a.m. Um, so when I was given the project, I was like, you know, I was told by the person that you have to motivate them. <laughs> And uh, this is your first project. If this goes well, then, then, you know, you'll be given more projects. So I knew this was like going to be uh, a make or break situation for me. So I really worked hard and thankfully the training went brilliant. And from then onwards, I started getting a lot of freelance projects. And uh, that's when I decided that I should launch my own training company because uh, when I was working with people, of course, the, the profit margin was lower. And uh, when you're working with yourself, it is, is you know, you're, you're more flexible and then you build your own credibility as a trainer. So I launched my company and um, it took me about three to four years to, you know, get it going. I had many clients in Dubai. I did lots and lots of uh, women leadership programs. In fact, the last training in Dubai had, I the last training which I did in Dubai had about 100 people, 120 women. And uh, we did the event at beach. And we used to have events at beaches and parks and, you know, various venues. It was really good. And then I moved to London. Um, so it was starting all over again. And again, um, I was a little scared because, you know, this was, again, a very different audience. And I was like, you know what, maybe I should just start working in a company. I don't know if I'll be able to do my own stuff. Uh, but then I met a few coaches and I met a few mentors and I'm very thankful to them. They coached me out of it and they said, you know what, you can do it. You can coach and you can train here as well, because that's what you've been doing since the past few years. Um, so then that's when I launched my companies here in, in London. So it's so it's been a year and it's been going uh, pretty okay. I'm thankful that I have been in, in this past one year, you know, nobody knew me. A year ago in London, but now it's been it's been quite good. <laughs> yeah. I love your story. And what I totally connect with and resonate with is we were both shy when we were younger. And now anyone who met us today wouldn't believe it. Because <laughs> because we both have no problem public speaking, training, facilitating, and you're very adaptable. I have yet to experience being dropped into a completely different environment with a completely different um culture. I mean, we hear culture thrown around a lot. It's not just about adapting to one company's culture versus another company's culture. We're talking about a nation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to go from nation to nation and adapting to a culture and still be recognized for being brilliant at what you do. That says a lot about you. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. But honestly, you know, uh, literally, I mean, I have a whole story, by the way, uh, because, you know, in fact, I, I wrote an article. It was that big a story that literally 17 years ago, um, I was this young girl who had chosen not to show up at a school society interview for the post of general secretary simply because I was too afraid, too shy and dreaded the idea of sitting in a room across seniors. And there were just two people, mind you. Mm. Um, and later, I was so heartbroken at my lack of courage and for missing out on the chance to be selected. 
And uh, but turns out opportunity knocked again and the society needed help. And that's when I decided to quietly step up and started helping the teachers voluntarily. Um, and I did my, more than my fair share and consistently, consistently worked hard and showed up. It paid off. And guess what? The teachers, you know, created a new position for that, the, the post of vice presidency. And that day I learned something very important, Jody, that determination and consistency can win you results and earn you titles. So I graduated with a picture at the school magazine. But apparently, you know what? You know, my dream came true, right? I, I, you know, I had a title. I did well. But unfortunately, what happened was that my picture was there. I got myself a title, but nobody knew me. I was non-existent for most people. And that day I learned something very important, and that is that consistency and determination are not enough. You need to get noticed. And, and you know, the problem was how could I get noticed because I was so shy. So that's the day I realized that I need to put myself forward and I need to be willing to step up, not just quietly, but boldly in front of everyone, even if I'm very afraid. Mm -hmm. And you and I have chatted about this because I also released an episode recently. It was a 100% Jody episode that, you know, if you want to get recognized, you need to promote yourself. And it talked all about the fact that, like, I think as women, a lot of times we convince ourselves that as long as we work hard, People will notice and they'll reward us for our hard work, but it's not true. You actually have to bring their, cause people are busy. Like they're busy in their own jobs. They're busy living their own life that sometimes you have to bring their attention to the work that you're doing. So you are visible. So they do recognize you. And so you are rewarded for the hard work that you do. That's true. That's true. I do agree. I completely agree. It's just that you just need to be able to put yourself forward because I think people would only need notice your hard work and determination once you put yourself in front of them. Uh, if you're just quietly working, then I guess you won't be noticed as much. Mm -hmm. And here, let's stay on this vein because people do love <laughs> these stories of like when we, you know, were in a moment where we didn't believe in ourselves because I think people can relate to that. I know um, this community, the women who've been listening and reach out to me say they love hearing the stories uh, from my guests of the times when they had self-doubt. Right. But that, but then we're able to overcome it. So if you could take us back to a time when you were playing small, you may not have been aware of it at the time, but you recognize, maybe recognized in retrospect, like this last story where like, oh my goodness, like I can't believe I didn't believe in myself back then because now you know yourself better. So share with us your playing small story and the lessons you've learned. Um, so, I mean, there were many stories back then. I mean, this was all when I was university, when I was in university, you know, when I was in school. And I think I loved speaking. I, you know, it, it gave me um, an adrenaline rush to speak in front of people. But at the same time, there was something which held me back. I was so scared. I couldn't even string two sentences together, let alone go and speak in front of public. Um, so so this this story is like the most prominent one in which I did I refused to turn up at the interview. And later on, I was literally crying because I was like, oh, my God, I was a very good history student. I had a very good chance of of being selected. But just because I was underconfident, just because I didn't have the courage to show up, uh, obviously, I wasn't selected. And I think that was like the turning point for me. And 
Since then, Jody, um, I have made it a point to actually put myself forward in challenging situations uh, simply by using this one mantra, which is very important. That is, if I believe I can do it, then I probably can. And the moment I feel, the moment I feel that, oh, my God, you know what? So, for example, I was back in Karachi you know, for a few weeks ago for vacations. And I trained police officials and these were all criminal investigation agents. And they were very senior people and people are usually very scared of them. Uh, and, you know, just before I was training, everybody was like, oh, will you be able to do it? This is scary. And, you know, every time I, you know, I come across this situation, I close my eyes and I think of that girl 17 years ago who was afraid to speak and who cried a heart out just because she couldn't attend the interview. And then I'm like, you know what? I got this. I can do it. And with that determination, I start. And I think that makes such a difference, Jodi, because, I mean, every time I train in front of a new audience, uh, you know, obviously in, in a new country, like you said, a new nation, uh, this is exactly what happens. Of course, they've, you know, I experienced imposter syndrome and I write a lot about imposter syndrome, as you've also read about it. Uh, and you also speak a lot about that so I do experience that but the moment I do experience that immediately you know kind of take it and turn it around and ask myself this one question what is the worst that can happen right um, and I think that kind of really helps me because um, and I think that's 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 what has really helped me throughout uh, and I think the last time when I played small was when was when I was was I was out from college and you know when I was very free, afraid to speak in front of people. But ever since then, it's just been um, you know this very strong belief that no one, no matter what, you'll be able to do it. You got this, and I feel and I'm such a strong believer of this that once you train your brain to think that it can do something you will do wonder seriously. And the moment you tell your brain that, oh my God, you know, I'm scared, I'm nervous and I can't do this, and I can't speak. And this actually happened very recently, despite, uh, you know, all the, the things which I'm saying that I'm really confident about speaking and blah, blah, blah. This happened very recently when I started doing podcasting and when I started doing, um, you know, online um, webinars because this was something very new for me and I was very good at speaking in public, but when it came to speaking online and being recorded, I was so conscious, Jodi. <laughs> and for a few minutes, I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm saying. I just didn't know what I was saying, honestly. Uh, I felt so conscious because the fact that, you know, when you're recorded, you can go back and see even the smallest mistakes you make, Right. Because you can hear yourself. Um, so this was very recently, about eight or nine months back, when I was introduced to the online world. Uh, and despite being a very good public speaker, the online speaking was something which I faced a lot of challenge in. Uh, so yeah, so that so I mean, it's I played small literally like a few months ago, and then again I did the same thing. Trained my brain. I said, you know what, you got this, you can do it. And if you tell yourself you can do it, you probably can. Um, and I think that's what has helped me throughout up to now. Right. Two thoughts on everything you said. One, yes, whenever we go into something new, new territory, we're trying out something different, our inner critic or that imposter syndrome is going to come up again, but that's not a reason to stop. It's just there for you to recognize this is new, this is scary, but like you said, Hira, 
you got this. You can do this. And secondly, I saw the pictures of you um, with the police officials in Karachi on Facebook while you were there. And that <laughs> picture is pretty badass. Because they did look intimidating and scary. And there you were sitting right next to them, cool as a cucumber. (laughs) (laughs) This was effort training, by the way. (laughs) This was with the police officials. But this time it was very different because this was was like CIA, criminal investigation Mm -hmm. agents who were like really badass people. (laughs) Yes. And I'm sure they were very appreciative and respectful of you for being there, but it is, but I can totally get the impression, you know, of your friends and even you probably first walking into the room, like, oh my God, like, this is my audience. (laughs) Yeah. And and you know what? This happens every time I walk in a room full of people. Even this time, I was really confident and I walked in and suddenly I saw these. 35 to 40 very senior police officials sitting there right, you know, looking into my eye. And I was like, oh, my God, what have I got myself into? And then I just, you know, took a deep breath. And I was like, no, I can do this. And then I started. So, yes, every time I walk in the room, I think it's and I think it's it's, it's something very common, Jody. Don't you think so? I mean, no matter how. Uh, confident you feel every time you're doing something new, there is that that hidden uh, fear and doubt in your heart, which creeps up, right? Yeah, I was laughing because it's not just with public speaking. Like what what went through my head was, yes, the public speaking, but also when I sign up for races and when I do something new, like the day of, I have that thought that you said of like, why did I sign up for this? <laughs> why did I say yes? But then I do it, right? And I'm so, I feel so good and confident on the other side, right? It's acting in the face of fear, you know, gives you that confidence to then say yes to the next thing. Yeah, I think, and I think that's really important. And they say the more you do that, the more um, confident you kind of get. Because once you deal with, with something which you're fearing the most, then that gives you the courage and the confidence to move on to the next big challenge. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, here, we got we got to move on or we're just going to be sticking with this question the whole interview. So the next question I wanted to ask you about is your leadership style. I mean, obviously, you're very adaptable. You've been able to train and do your work online and in different countries with different audiences. But what would you say is your leadership style? Um, so one thing, Jody, is I'm glad you asked this question. So I think it's it's still kind of evolving and um, it's very strange. But you know what? When I was dealing with people in person, when I was managing a team, about five to seven people who I was supervising when I was working in a company and I was, you know, interacting with people on a regular basis, it was more of a team leadership kind of thing and people oriented. Um, but then I noticed a change in my leadership style when I entered the online world and when I had to, you know, deal with people in the online world, because obviously right now, most of my team is virtual. The people I interact with are in different countries. Uh, and then I noticed that my kind of leadership kind of changed from people oriented to task oriented. And, and I actually kind of noticed that change in myself. Uh, because, you know, I, I think I wasn't able to relate to the people as much because I wasn't seeing them in person and I became too task oriented. But now I think it's been quite a few months and trying to do it, you know, do a mix of task orientation and, um, you know, team orientation style of leadership. 
Yeah. You know, that's interesting, Hedeka, because when I went from being pretty much a, a local coaching business service to really building up my online presence, I was talking with a friend about exactly that, how it's a different animal being online and how do you connect with people? Like I said, and I was saying to him, cause we were, you know, sitting in a coffee shop. I'm like, I'm great at this. Like the <laughs> one-to-one, I see you, you see me, or we're on the phone. We have that connection. I'm like being behind a computer screen. Like, how do I get this across online? And it, it's exactly what you said. You have to adapt your leadership style. And you even like the series I did with Katie Clark on personal branding, the word that just kept coming up because we were talking a lot about your personal brand online was you have to amplify yourself. You have to amplify your personality and your presence so that people can get a sense of you. Because if you try to have a casual, very, very casual conversation online, you're going to get lost in the noise. Right. I totally agree with that completely. And I think it's kind of now evolved to a point that I want to have a good mix of task orientation and team orientation because I think I'm more used to it now. But initially, I had just noticed a very dramatic shift from people orientation to completely task orientation. But now I think I'm more balanced. Mm -hmm. I love it. And what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Okay, so as you know, I'm working on my book right now, which I'm super duper excited about. And uh, the other thing which I'm working on are my online training programs. So it's like a complete training solution from training need analysis uh, right up to a post-training impact. And that's going to be something which I launch in three different languages, English, Arabic, and Urdu. Uh, so these are this is like a tra leadership training program model which I'm working on. So this is so these two things I'm really excited about. That's awesome. When can we expect your book? So the book was supposed to be out next month, but <laughs> I was supposed to finish it when I was doing you know when I was uh, on my vacations, but honestly I didn't get time to do it then. So I think most probably in maximum two months. Okay. Then keep us posted and we'll blast it out when it's available. Yay, thank and you. You're welcome. And Hira, on the flip side of things, what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? Okay, so I think, uh, you know, there's something which I mentioned just a few minutes ago, working remotely with teams is a challenge. You know, virtually managing managing teams is very challenging because, you know, I'm working with people in, in Pakistan and Dubai and obviously in UK and sometimes some of my clients are in US. Uh, and so my team members also are in US. So it's very difficult coordinating the time schedule because obviously there's time zone difference. Um, and then, like I said, because you're not physically present and you're not there in person, it's a bit of a challenge to kind of communicate what you want um, just to like, you know, online space because I'm the sort of person who likes to connect with people on an emotional level and very much like to see people in front of me talking to them and, you know, just being in front of me. So I think that is, is one of the biggest challenges I'm facing right now, how to manage the teams virtually. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the same issue you had when you first came online was how do you connect with people? How do you get yourself across and really be able to support people from behind a computer screen? Yes, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. And what are some of the things you've been trying out to solve that? Okay. So what I do is now that we, um, so 
trying to, I'm trying to be more organized. Like I said, I'm still very new to this online world of, you know, trainings and webinars and podcasts. So what I try to do is we try to coordinate a time which would suit everybody. And we try to have like a video conference and we each, each one of us, we get a cup of coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> and we pretend we're having a nice coffee session. Um, and uh, we start off by, you know, just discussing normal general things, families, little chit chat, and then we move on. So that kind of gives a very nice feel to the whole conversation because mm-hmm. initially it was just like, okay, hi then, you know, da, 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 this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't really sounding, um, it wasn't very warm. And I think I wasn't able to connect to people on that level, but just this little change, which we did, uh, when we decided to have like a video conference kind of thing. And, you know, each one of us, we have a cup of coffee, we bring it and we're, you know, drinking coffee and we're chatting and then we're just discussing it. So it kind of just gives a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. <laughs> so, so, so that's one of the things. And, uh, um, and then what I do is I try and have like uh, very short one-to-one sessions with my team members so that I know what's going on on a personal level, because usually when we connect as a team and we are talking, I, I, don't know what's going on in their personal lives and, and what's holding them back or why they're delaying their projects. So when I do that, you know, one-to-one conversations with them, yeah, it kind of helps me in understanding the challenges. So, so yeah, that's the two things that I've been doing. Yeah. I love, I love this topic. If you don't mind, if we delve into it a little bit more, cause I'm, I'm curious, it sounds like you're doing really well facing this challenge, but it still feels like a challenge for you. Is it because of the time commitment or is there something else going on? I think mostly the problem is connecting because of the different time zones. So like Karachi is about four hours behind, uh, you know, the, the UK time and Dubai has a three hour difference. US has about eight hour difference. So because everybody is in such different time zones, it's often very difficult to get everyone together at a, at, you know, at a time which would be convenient for everybody. And I think it's very important to have uh, a meeting when, you know, when, when everybody feels comfortable because there's no point in doing a, a meeting which is late night in Karachi or Dubai or, you know, very early morning in U.S. So I think that's the biggest challenge that I'm facing right now. Mm-hmm. And is it insurmountable? Because it, it's the way you're describing it, it sounds like there would never be a time where everyone would feel comfortable on the call. Um, so it, it, it is challenging, frankly speaking, because, uh, I mean, uh, you know, just I think coordinating everybody on on one time. So what we have done is that we have we have given out like different schedules, and we have announced the dates beforehand. And we try and everybody, to, you know, we try and get everybody to agree to a date which would be suitable for all of them. Yeah. And we do that like you know a week before, so that everybody can choose a time where they're comfortable, and then and then, and that's how we do it. So, 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 and this is something which we just, I just recently started. So let's see how that goes because I mean, I've just been back from vacations as you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep me posted. Cause I'll be curious if this is a challenge for them or if this is a challenge for you because you want everyone to be super, super comfortable. Yeah. I th- you're actually right. <laughs> You said it. I think that's the thing. I have it in my mind that, you know, the reason why the meeting might work, might not work is because they're not comfortable with the time zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just when you, when you said it and I realized, oh, you know what? This could be actually very true. It's all in my mind. Yeah. Well, ask them, but without planting the seed, like ask them, how do you feel? How do you feel the calls are going? And then just 
hear what they say because it'll be interesting to get their feedback on the calls and how they're working and if this is really a challenge for them or if it just feels like a challenge for you. Yeah, I know that's a very good point, Jody. I'll be looking forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Hira, that was that was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for letting me coach you for a little bit. That was a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to do more of this on future calls. So (laughs) yay! And you know, it's it's just amazing that you know you have been looking at things from different perspectives, but just this one sentence which you said. It kind of just changed the whole thing. Is it you or is it them? And I was like, oh, my God, you know, you're so right. This is awesome. I that's, that's why that's you awesome. and I love coaching so much. <laughs> yes. yes, I do. All right, Hira, now we're going to do the quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Mm, I think the ability to inspire and motivate, uh, which kind of... Uh, um, because I like to keep my team members very motivated and uh, very driven towards the goals. So I think that that's one thing. And I, and I like to believe I inspire them. Mm-hmm. And how do you practice that, Hira? How do you, how do you get that going? Um, so I think that really helps when you create a very good vision for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, if I'm starting a membership program, uh, I'm a strong, because I'm an NLP practitioner, I'm a strong believer in visualization. So I kind of visualize the whole picture and I communicate to them as to how it's going to be like when, you know, this whole membership model is complete. This is how you'll feel. This is what will happen. So, you know, just creating a very good picture. I mean, obviously not just creating a false picture, I would say, but creating a realistic picture, but obviously motivating them, putting enough elements in that picture to be able to motivate them to, uh, to say, Oh my God, you know what? We want to do this. And what advice would you give your younger self? Um, okay, so like like really younger self or like... Did you <laughs> Whichever version of yourself you want to give some advice to. <laughs> I think uh, the younger self would be like maybe even a year back. Mm-hmm. I would tell myself to be more focused and to prioritize... Um, and just because, you know, I'm good at a lot of things, I mean, just because you are good at a lot of things, it doesn't mean that you have to do everything. You need to narrow down your options and you need to concentrate on what really matters. Amen. I think a lot of us needed to hear that. So that was advice to all of us. Everyone rewind like 30 <laughs> seconds and listen to that again. Are you here to share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you? Okay, so the quote which I really like is the quote by Henry Ford, which says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And the reason why it has meaning for me is because I have been a strong believer in self-belief and the power of your mind to be able to make you do something. And I feel that just by convincing your mind that you can do something, you're able to achieve a lot. And I think this has been my mantra ever since I remember the time I told you when I was a 17 year old girl and I believe I couldn't speak in front of people and I was really nervous and shy. And I think the one thing which kind of changed everything around for me and turned around everything was was self-belief. If if I think I can do it, then I probably will be able to do it. And lastly, Hira, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Um, the best way is to connect me via my um, social media pages. So I have a Facebook page, Giving Wings to Your Potential. Then I have a Twitter account, which is um, at coaching, uh, sorry, at advancing you. 
And then I have an Instagram account at Advancing You. And last but not the least, my email address, which is Hira Ali Advancing Your Potential dot com. And I have two websites which they can visit, which is www.revitalizingrights.com, which also has its own blog and podcasts, R&R Shiro's. And the other one is www.advancingyourpotential.com, which again has its own blog and podcast, Eight Minutes of Learning with Hira Ali. You are a doer. You just talked about focus. <laughs> I love it. And for those of you who are listening, I know you're often on the go, out for a run, working out in the car while you're listening to this. So you know you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And if you put Hira's name in the search bar, and she spells it H-I-R-A, her show notes page will pop right up. And all of those links she talked about will be on her show notes page. But I think if you go to most of the platforms she mentioned and just put it advancing you in it, you'll likely find her. And Hira, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. It was such a pleasure talking to you. I had a wonderful time. Thank you so much. Before we go, I wanted to give a reminder for those of you who have read Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing. There is a community just for you waiting at womentakingthelead.com forward slash community. The women who have joined the Accomplished community most recently have expressed how glad they were that they found this community. Find out more at womentakingthelead.com forward slash community. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.